on America Can We Talk. I talk about election integrity, border security, healthcare freedom, race relations, energy and tax policy, education policy, free speech and assembly, freedom of religion, and all other issues that touch on the God-given right of every American to life, liberty, and the pursuit of their version of happiness. Stay tuned. your tolerance but lecture me is there no end to your own hypocrisy your god is power you have no shame your only interest is political gain you hide your eyes and refuse to listen you play your game. coming up next america can we talk with your host debbie georgianos And hello and welcome to America Can We Talk. And one of our very special Thursday shows is actually happening on Tuesday. Just making sure you're keeping on your toes. This really is just like a Thursday show. We have a wonderful in-studio in, uh, guest. We have a full one-hour show, a very substantive uh, deep dive interview, a wonderful studio audience, and I thank you so very much for tuning in. Our guest today is Christy Hutcherson. She's been on the show a few times. I was going to look back and check, but two or three times, and she is a friend. She actually spoke at our third annual Women for Freedom Summit last year, and she is the founder of Women Fighting for America, WFFA, Women Fighting for America. She spends a lot of time at the southern border um, and other places, but really uncovering to start with what's happening at the border. But we're, what we'll get into today is far more than just failure to secure small portions of the border. It's really a very far more dangerous situation at our southern border. We're going to hear all about it. So welcome to the show, please, Christy Hutcherson. Thank you so much for having me. So excited to be here. In studio, this is so much, so much fun. It, if studios are fun, they, they kind of put you on your not best behavior, but on your toes. You know, you really think be precise what I'm going to say. So I will. I mentioned introducing you, Women Fighting for Freedom, um, Women Fighting for America. Um, I love that, and I love the activity that your uh, group does, your organization does. So very quickly, because we have so much substance. Yep. When did you start this organization? Three and a half years ago, it was a calling from the Lord, um, literally. Um, I'm a Christian and I make no bones about that. I wouldn't be on this journey had it not been for him asking me to do this. And so Women Fighting for America was birthed out of that conversation. And it's about freedom. It's about liberty. It's about educating and activating um, about what's at risk for our country. Non-political, by the way, even though some people like to make it political. But it's really about getting women engaged uh, with protecting protecting this nation. That sounds a lot like what I say about my show, which is, I love that we have that similarity. I mean, you know, America Can We Talk is really all about standing up for America. Yeah. And really everyone, if you understand what America is and you appreciate its unique greatness, then you, you come down on all sorts of policies saying mm -hmm. we have to preserve this, we can't allow this, we must do this. And I really do try to talk to women because women could, women have so much power in this country and authority mm -hmm. and, and really right and moral commitment to be involved in saving it. So. Roughly speaking, how many trips to the border are we talking you've had? Can you ballpark? Probably over 120 plus operations. Over 120 plus operations mm -hmm. in three and a half years. I'm not very good with math, but that is like a quarter of your last three and a half years, isn't it? <laughs> I <laughs> have been a road warrior. If you ask uh, Delta Airlines, I'm probably one of their best customers right now. Well, good for you. Okay. Well, I want to just jump in on something that I actually watch what you do online and you have put videos out periodically. The one video we're about to play, I saw online or I saw a segment of it, I think. Um, but I want to talk about this discovery of tunnels at the border. We're going to get to everything I hope that we mm -hmm. talked about prior to um, you know, starting today live. But um, I think the idea of tunnels at the border, people are aware, mm -hmm. well, yeah, tunnels get, you know, Doug, and maybe it's not that big a deal. I'm going to quick ask Mr. Emilio, yes, he is there, okay, to go ahead and play this video, and then we'll talk about what you discovered and really how consequential it is. Absolutely. This will be on the documentary. This is breaking news. You're, this is literally breaking news that you're never going to hear anywhere else. We're going to be very careful. We don't want to show the individual's faces, but um, I'm going to flip this camera around. So this area right here, that uh, that area right there where you see the little, it looks like a container, you've got the wall there. Underneath here is a highly sophisticated tunnel. This tunnel is the largest tunnel they've ever found. And it was a very sophisticated tunnel. Uh, 
and so we've got individuals from different uh, government agencies out here right now currently that's what all these vehicles are okay so just stay right about right here as long as I'm right here okay so they're all going to be departing and stuff like that but I told told Joe that um, we're not going to no no cars no cameras no, no. no photographs and stuff like that uh, but we just need to keep them back a little bit further so that they're not okay. coming all the way up to it. So. Um, can we let them know not to yeah, go any further than that? They're, they're wanting us to keep our distance uh, for security purposes, national security implications. So, um, so we're, we're, so this, I, mean, I don't want to get the vehicles or the license plates uh, for security purposes, but just going to film right there to show you guys. Um, and then over here in this facility, um, that right there, of course, that's a ton, uh, an antenna. But again, you'll see another type of uh, structure similar to what you just saw right there. Here is the border wall. Uh, this border wall is our wall. And then there's a small wall that you see on the other side. That's Mexico's wall. And why is this significant? Um, I want you to look right there. You see the border patrol car right there. So this tunnel went into Mexico straight underneath them, basically in your face, underneath here, and then kept going. Um, I'm not going to get into any more details. Uh, watch the documentary that's coming out in April with His Glory. We're going to have all of this information. This is national security implications. Okay, so uh, you're down at the border, and this you were on the U.S. side here. Mm -hmm. That's correct. When was this video made? Two weeks before Christmas. Of this past of 2022 year. Yes. so you're we're not even six months old no okay so you're down at the border a, a tunnel uncovered and i know you've told me a lot about it but i want to just yeah. give you a chance to explain when it was uncovered you know the size the capacity i mean just really talk about what the tunnel was like yeah this is very serious tunnels do exist that there's nothing new about tunnels um we've actually been to tunnels where literally america f-150s Imagine an F-150 truck being able to turn around in a tunnel system. And those are... Inside a tunnel? Uh, yes. Under the ground? Under the ground. A, a, a truck of F-150? A truck and F-150 literally can do a complete turnaround in some of these tunnels. That's kind of like a big pickup truck, a big yeah, farm pickup truck type. Yeah, it's a, it's a big, big jacked up truck. Um, tunnels are used to typically run drugs, um, sometimes human smuggling and things like that. What's interesting about this tunnel that I really want to talk about, and, and I went back to follow up on this tunnel. Um, I was with Police uh, Chief Jessup, so we were, he's a dear friend of mine. He was the police what, chief. It, what county or where? This is in Yuma, Arizona, in St. Okay. Louis County. Okay. And so we were doing some operations. We were doing some filming for a documentary that was going to come out. And I actually decided that this was so important from a national security perspective, and nobody's talking about this. And when I followed up, Deb, and I asked um, state representatives in Arizona if they even had heard about this tunnel, the answer, Senator Borelli and all of them were like, we don't know what you're talking about. So that was really interesting to me. So we also had uh, President Biden had two scientists there. He had three-letter agency, and he also had a special division within Homeland Security. Those were those vehicles that you saw. And they had built this little building and this fence around it, and that was taking you down into this tunnel. You believe that the U.S. government had built this ability to get down to the tunnel? Okay, so... No, no, we know that for a fact because okay. we, we interviewed and asked off camera what exactly was going on, what they found inside this tunnel. Okay, first of all, what agencies of the Biden administration were there at so the tunnel? So the inside um, the Department of Homeland Security, they have special agencies who do mm -hmm. different task force. So this particular task force was there uh, along with a couple three-letter agencies and two scientists. So Biden's team is down on the American side of the border near Yuma and they are aware of the tunnel. Yeah. You said you talked about what they found inside. So tell us about that. Yeah, so this tunnel, I want you to imagine four, over four football fields long. That's a very big tunnel. That okay, tunnel starts in Mexico in a warehouse. It goes underneath that border patrol station. And the reason why this is so important is this is a highly trafficked border patrol. That gate, electronic gate goes up, it goes down. And in between the Mexican border and our border, there's a small little station where our border patrol patrols inside between the gates. So this is an area, there's sensors, there's all sorts of electronic equipment to monitor not only vibrations and ground, um, but there are camera systems and things like that. So it goes underneath there, 25 feet underneath the ground, goes underneath a residential community across the street. 
In Yuma. Uh, in, in Yuma, right, okay. right there. And it, then it takes a left-hand turn and it comes up in a house at the very end of this residential community, basically in the garage area. So the tunnel, you, I think you said it started in a warehouse in Mexico. In Mexico. Okay. So did you actually go down in it, in the tunnel? No, no. They will not let you go down into the tunnel at all. They were keeping us at a, at a good distance. I did go back and got film footage uh, a month later that we'll talk about in a, in a few minutes because I, I want everybody to understand the, the sequence of this, what's in this tunnel, what the implications are, and what we believe as experts um, that I've talked to and uh, with our skill set in the tunneling industry of what we believe is going on with this particular tunnel. Okay, so what was in the tunnel? So this tunnel has fortified walls and ceilings. It had a ventilation system in it. It had fiber. I mean like as in air conditioning. Yes, air conditioning, ventilation, air conditioning, fiber optics. Okay. Electricity and a rail system. A rail system. Is it kind of like the thing where you picture old coal mines, you have a, a low rail, a rail one and, yeah, and low move, cars can run along to yeah, move to objects? Move, to move objects. Yeah. Okay. So what did you, when you're interviewing all these mm -hmm. Biden team people, what did they have to say? What was what did they find? Well, what we believe is first and foremost, looking at the sophistication of this tunnel, um, especially when you're talking fiber optics, fiber optics, somebody has to turn on that. So both in Mexico and on the U.S. side, whether it's um, Bell services or whatever, there has to be somebody paying for those services to go in through an international border. So that's first, and that was one of the alarming things to me. The other, the other alarming was the fact that when you looked at how much dirt and how much vibration to, to make a tunnel of this sophistication, somebody had to know something. There's no way that they could bring in these type of trucks and, and bore these holes without vibration and other things going on. So when our experts looked at this and we broke it down and I also interviewed um, uh, off the record, some law enforcement officers and some other individuals, uh, we all concur that there's no way that our own personal federal government didn't know that this tunnel existed. Okay, that was my next thing I wanna to get to was how could a tunnel of that length, I mean, did you say, did you ballpark the length from the warehouse in Mexico up to Yuma? We ballparked the length. H how long? little over four football fields. Four, okay, so that's, okay, all right, four football fields, okay. All right, I, I don't know how long football field it's is. big. Yeah, well, that, the visual <laughs> is actually very helpful. You don't have to know, okay, okay. So your conclusion you're saying is obviously to do that kind of digging yeah. and structure and construction and the rail thing, it couldn't have gone undetected by our, our government, our government. No. Okay, no, so why, what's know. your, your um, speculation, perception, why would our government allow it? You know, I, I started asking myself that question. Um, you know, I, I started looking at a bigger picture. When I see tunnels like that, and by the way, um, we traveled three and a half hours south from there. There was another suspicious tunnel and the border patrol had blocked off a private, we were riding with one of the private ranchers doing another operation. And we came across the same thing, the same type of structures. They were going down under the ground. It was in another location in Arizona. And so that kind of piqued my interest as well. So you're starting to see these very sophisticated tunnels popping up along uh, the southern border uh, between Arizona and also Arizona more so than Texas. Um, there's a lot of logistical reasons why tunnels aren't really dug so much in Texas as they are in Arizona. Uh, one is the Rio Grande River. I was going to say the river things. had a big problem. <laughs> has a little yeah. bit to do with it. Um, I went back. This is what was interesting. So now, and I'm going to paint this huge picture. But we went back at the end of January. Chief Jessup, who had been in law enforcement in that area for decades, um, conveniently was pushed out and was forced to retire with this new incoming Democratic mayor. And so they had a hand-picked police chief put in place. I know all of these individuals because I've done operations down there. Um, they know me very well in my team. And so I went back to interview them, and specifically I was interviewing a gentleman, and I'm getting ready to cut this and bring this and, and have this released as well. And he is personal, um, he was a personal guard to the president of Mexico. He also was a head of immigration on the cartel task force. So this gentleman is very knowledgeable in Mexico. He came across the border to, in, to interview with me at the police station there. And I found it very interesting what took place in that interview. Yeah, go ahead, what happened? I was, we got into a lot of detail, but then I asked them, both of them, about the tunnel. And surely I, was, I thought that they were going to say, yeah, we know about this tunnel and go into it. But that didn't happen. It was the big cover-up. 
they were like, we don't know what you're talking about. There's no tunnel. And if that tunnel was there, it would have had to have come at the highest levels an order from the highest of highest levels because it costs a lot of money to do that. Yes. We're talking millions of dollars. And they were covering this tunnel up. So you actually think they do know they're covered versus they're not, they no, couldn't they, be they 100% know. This isn't, you know, they're just covering it up. Okay. I just want to talk for a moment and, and you know, we can both have our imaginations go wild, but what could be brought into America through those kind of tunnels? Mm -hmm. I mean, you can start and I'll throw in. So when you look at the rail system, the fortified walls, uh, for, you don't do fortified walls unless you're trying to cover something up or some kind of um, radar, something uh, where they don't want to be detected. So I would surmise that we're looking at possible small nuclear devices or small dirty bombs that are being uh, snuck into the United States or what also is being snuck out of the United States. What type of weaponry systems are being snuck out? So, uh, yeah, I guess it could be, we would be sending and permitting weapons to leave, which we can't legally provide to. Well, the cartel have something called uh, 50 cal weapons. And when you look at the 50 cal weapons and if you capture them on your photographs like we have, they're U.S., they're from the United States of America. You can't just go down to your gun store, by the way, and buy a 50 cal. Um, th this is very serious equipment. And so I believe, and then you start looking at, I'm a connect the dots kind of girl. I started looking and pulling um, airspace in and out of Central South America, Mexico. I started looking at cargo container shipments on both of the coasts, Central and South America. Then I started looking at policies that Biden was doing and what countries he was doing it in, in these particular regions. And I started looking at this bigger, scarier picture of what I think is going on at the Southern border. Oh, it is a scary picture. On the Biden policies I mean, and the countries, can you delve into that? I, we're, I know we have yeah. a bunch of pictures we're gonna look at that you sent and we uh, believe yeah, he's got them already. But just what, I mean, people who, and I know I've said this to you many times, but most people wanna think there may be a few bad apples here and there. Some people in the government, you know, whatever, don't do their job well or they're inept or maybe they're even corrupt. But the idea of our government doing things that you're describing, shipping or permitting the shipping of weapons you can't otherwise purchase into the hands of the cartels, what would be the reason the Biden administration would do that? Well, it's not just the Biden administration. I mean, I could sit there and tell you going all the way back to um, the late 70s, early 80s. I mean, we have proof of this. Um, we, the CIA has always been working with the cartels. They, they would provide weapons, uh, cocaine, drugs. I mean, this is for, for the betterment of what they felt uh, to destabilize certain countries or have control on that. This is nothing new. And by the way, don't take my word for it. Your audience can actually uh, delve into this and, and search this themselves. But then you also look at Eric Holder under the Obama administration, Fast and Furious. I just can't say that, yes, but go, yeah. I mean, the whole <laughs> idea, and that actually was among the most disappointing things, and there are many, mm -hmm. but disappointing things where the deep report finally was done, Fast and Furious was uncovered, everybody understood that the Obama administration with Eric Holder had permitted this gun running for many purposes, but one of which was to eventually undermine and take down the American gun manufacturers mm -hmm. to, to bring about gun control. And all the evidence came out and they, and you know what we did about it? We wrote a report. That's what happened. Congress wrote a report and said, this is really bad. You shouldn't have done this. That's they all hold that hearings happened. and write reports, but nothing ever gets done. Nobody yeah, gets right. held accountable. It, it, it yeah. is truly breathtaking. In particular, in that kind of, that is just, well, it's criminal conduct, obviously. Okay, so back to the tunnels You're, you were alluding to, and I guess we should mm -hmm. probably move into, um, there are many people have been talking about, they wonder whether the people appearing at our southern border, we've had mm -hmm. just a massive, the, the border's overrun. Yeah. We have, I mean, you, no matter what number someone says, someone's like, no, it's more than that. But I don't know, and I'm hearing from people I consider reliable, at least 5 million people into America under the Biden administration, just since Biden took office, uh, um, coming over our border. You think it's much bigger? I think it's much bigger than that because really they're honing in on numbers mostly at the uh, southern border. And I've been sounding the alarm about the northern border for over two years. We, we also have a uh, Pacific West Coast border and we also have an Atlantic Coast, East Coast border. And we forget about that as well. So when you look at um, the ways that people are infiltrating into the country, whether it's on cargo ships, whether it's coming up through Canada into upper state New York, typically that's kind of where they're coming through a lot of them. Um, southern border, we believe the numbers are a heck of a lot higher than that. We have private ranchers, you have private citizens who have property along the border, they have camera systems. So when you start looking and taking into the account of all of that data that we can get and gather, on top of the numbers that they think the getaways are, because they don't 
put in the gotaways, right? So I would probably surmise we're somewhere, and I hate to say this number, but in reality, we're probably somewhere around double that. Oh, double may, may not be. I will tell you, there was a, a prediction. I'm going to say it was, well, I know who it was. Anyway, it was a public official, but it was a private meeting. But he was basically saying, if we continue at present pace by the end of Biden's first and please God only term, um, we will have something in the range of 30 to 40 million uh, completely unaccountable people in America. That's 100% right. Yeah. And I would say, honestly, right now, if I were to guess, it's between the 15 and 18 million mark. Okay, so we have these people coming in here, and you know, I, will, I will just I make this point many times, I'm going to say it again, then we're going to turn to all your looking at the bigger picture below our border, but nothing that Biden administration is doing and, or allowing to occur is due to ineptitude or poor planning. We meant to enforce the border, but some XYZ happened. We have to see what the Biden administration is doing on this issue, the border, and many other issues is intentional. It is not mistaken. It's not lack of funding. It's not poorly trained personnel. It's an intentional yeah. abandonment of the southern border, along with many other things they're doing. And once you grasp that, you have to start to ask yourself, why? Why would the Biden administration, but we're going to, I'm going to put a comma there and come back to that. So I want to talk about things you've uncovered beyond this. And you're talking about, we, in fact, we talked on the phone, Chinese nationals at the border, uh, Russians, Iranians. And I want to have you, I guess, maybe now's a good time. Yeah. There, there's a slide, and you know what, I think, yeah, you, uh, Christy, you've started talking about it. I'm going to quick do your slide one. I just have my number. These are slides that Christy sent. We're just going to show them, but I want to get to the third slide pretty quickly. But slide one, if you can do that. Mr. Emilio, the wonderful producer. Okay. So, actually, this is slide two, I think. Maybe it's one. I don't know. Anyway, you've been talking about America being surrounded. Can you put them up here on the screen, too, if you're able to do that? You're talking about America really being under attack. And you, Chris, you've had a new expression you're using for it, which I don't have right in front of me. Enemies at the gate. Enemies at the gate. It's a beautiful, it's really descriptive. Enemies at the all gates of America. So you're talking about America's greatest enemies. Okay, good. We can see it here. These are people who are in some way undermining America. 100%. 100%. Yeah, I love that term. Okay. And so, you know, Iran, we're going to talk about that in a moment. China, Russia, we've been on World Health Organization and UN and all that uh, many times. CDC, you're not kidding. These are all entities which, again, if you say, well, the border policy was lax and, and a failure of good planning, you're not getting the big picture. All of these entities are participating in the uh, I see you have a puppet up there um, of the, you know, pulling the strings of the puppet, which is the Biden administration. But you in particular have been focusing on the individuals uh, getting near the American southern border, Central America, South America. So let's, can we go to the next slide there, Mr. Emilio? Do we have that? Let's see. And while we're waiting for that, I'm going to point out, so you have a new alliance that's starting to develop. And these players right here, Russia, China, Iran, you're seeing it playing out on the world stage. They're openly coming out and saying that we're trying to form an alliance. And it were monetary system, military systems, and things like that. And then I'm going to connect the dots that this was actually a well thought out plan. And I believe we all know that Biden, 100% in his family, has been compromised by China. Anybody is, I'm sorry, is an idiot if you don't believe that the Biden family is not compromised. And I'm going to be honest with you, Deb, these are treasonous acts. Of we course the they highest, are. We have the, of course we have they the are. president the of the United States. The whole country knows it. And, and taking just, bribes from China. Yeah. I will tell you, I had a great uh, former CIA operative on my show who uh, used to do a lot of the unselling of other countries. And he was talking about the money flowing. I, I like to repeat this from China to the Biden family. He's saying, you know, if you send money one time, if you're China and you get money to Biden and he doesn't do what you are wanting him to do, the money stops. 100%. He's had money sent over years. I mean, it goes through all these little, you know, stops along the way. It's CCP money to the Biden family repeatedly. And his term describing this, he said he appears to be a controlled asset of China. Our president, a controlled asset of China. I would say that he's right on target. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, it, it's right staggering. Because now we're looking at a map. And for those of you who are listening on uh, one of the... Uh, ways you listen to a show where you can't see. What we have is a map of the 
Um, well, it started, we have it down South America, northern part of South America, Colombia, Venezuela, Ghana, Ecuador, uh, up to Central America, Panama, Costa Rica, Nicaragua, Honduras, Guatemala, um, and then you're getting up into, into Mexico. So we're looking at that big map, and on this map we're staring at, there are flags of different countries. And this is your map, so take it away, Chrissy. Tell us what you're trying sure. to show us here. So the influence that, look, we're going to start with China. So China started having massive amounts of influence and specifically in South America started over 20 years ago. And they figured that one of the ways that they could start having influence, because you have to start having influence and you gain relationships and trust within those countries and because you're gonna have leaders and stuff turn over. So infrastructure. So they started having the infrastructure and that infrastructure started piling up going through Panama. Um, just in the last several years, China has acquired 42 plots of land on both sides of the Panama Canal. The Panama Canal, why is that significant? The Panama Canal is a major cargo port for trade, for supplies, going in and out between Pacific and into the Caribbean and up to the Atlantic. It's a trade route for the United States. And if that's cut off, we're in serious jeopardy of a lot more supply chains. Plus, on top of that, you can bring in uh, nefarious stuff through this area. So then you go up through Costa Rica, you've got Nicaragua, Honduras, Guatemala. They've got presence all through their same thing, supply chain, grocery stores, Belize, believe it or not, Mexico. And so for example, in Central America, 90% of all the grocery stores in Central America are owned by the Chinese and you have to be a Chinese to own a grocery store there. They control the food supply. Why is that significant as well? Because a lot of our agriculture and a lot of our trade and supplies and food supplies come up through these countries, through the southern border and into the United States of America. Major supply chain route. Okay, that's number one. Then you start looking at um, Iran. So we're going to take Iran. Iran, what was interesting, and I'm going to connect the dots. Well, let me go to Russia really quick. So Russia, Russia has a major buildup, Guatemala and Honduras and Nicaragua. They have made treaties with these um, countries to do training for military operations under the disguise of training. Excuse me, Russia yes. has made deals with what countries? Uh, Honduras, Guatemala, and Nicaragua. Big presence in Nicaragua. To do training of Russian troops. Yes, right now they Russian currently have been bringing in- Russian troops in Central America. 100%. So they've been bringing in uh, not only Russian troops, but they've been bringing in Russian-grade military equipment under the disguise of, of joint training operations. Joint training, meaning Russia's offering, we're going to help train your people too. So these people are viewing it as almost a gift. Yeah, sure, we can, yeah, yes. some, some big wealthy country is going to help train Guatemala, Honduras, Nicaragua, okay? And then you have Iran. So interestingly enough about Iran, Iran has both um, their Iranian Revolutionary Guard, their elite force, which is uh, considered, they're, they're called 910, so the 910 squad. It's, it's a secret operative kind of force, kind of like our CIA, but really clandestine uh, forces. So they've been um, putting major influence, specifically really targeting between Costa Rica and Guatemala, and now reaching into Mexico. And why is that really important too, is because the cartels, the TCOs, which are trans criminal organizations, AKA cartels, they have been embedding themselves in training camps as well, all throughout both Colombia, uh, Guatemala, Honduras, Nicaragua, and now we're seeing the presence of them majorly for the last couple years in Mexico. We tracked, and this isn't new, this was, and it was really hush-hushed, and we have a picture of this, and we've got the pilot of the plane. Uh, back in, so I started looking at this tunnel. I started looking at the strategic operations of all of these countries, how they've embedded and who they're working with in these particular governments and trying to put a big picture together and how dangerous this is for America. The Biden administration back in October of this last year, what did he do? He sold all of our strategic oil supplies. He has really hurt us from the energy perspective. And so much so we have the lowest levels, I think, in ever that we have. And our strategic oil reserves. Our strategic oil reserves. Yeah. And so we're becoming more and more energy um, dependent on OPEC nations and, and countries like that, China, Russia, which of course aren't our friends. And so he went to Venezuela, which I thought was, that was, okay, that was a trigger point for me. We're going to a country who is anti-American, they're a communist nation, and who are the two big players that they take money from? Number Iran and China. Right. So that piqued my interest. So then I pulled, I started pulling cargo and I started 
pulling airspace. Who has been flying in and out, and where have they been going? Iran, back in June and July of this past year, last summer, they had a, there's a cargo plane. This cargo plane was very underhandedly, in a very clandestine way, was rebranded as an Argentinian cargo ship, and now it's got their branding on so it. So it's a ship or a, an excuse aircraft? Me, a cargo plane, I'm sorry. Oh, okay, no plane. problem. Sorry, 777. And so... I was like, okay, well, that's really interesting. And then I started looking more into this particular story. They had turned off their transponder. A transponder is something that tracks this aircraft. Well, this plane originated in Tehran, Iran. On that plane, they flew to Cuba. Then they flew to Mexico. They were in Mexico for over 24 hours, picked up a couple passengers. Then they flew to uh, Caracas, Venezuela, where they picked up some more passengers. And then they went to Buenos Aires. The only reason why we even know that this plane or what was actually truly on this plane, because they said it was auto parts, it wasn't auto parts, um, is because we have somebody in uh, Argentina who actually is pro-democracy, republic for them, their democracy. And the Uruguayan country turned them away because they needed to refuel. And they were like, this is a US sanctioned airplane. So why is this plane flying in all of these different locations? They picked up 14 passengers in Caracas, Venezuela. Those 14 passengers were cyber intelligence operatives. On that plane, oh, of what cyber, oh, they were, uh, well, they were Venezuelan. Okay. There were five Iranians on that plane, and I'm gonna get to who those, um, we have a slide of who they were. There were five Iranians on that plane, 14 Venezuelans. On that cargo was highly sophisticated cyber information and technology. This particular plane and the person flying this plane was on the board of Airsfar Kashim. That is a US sanctioned um, airline. He also was in the Air Guard and one of the highest official level officials for the Iranian Revolutionary Guard. May I just back up? Is everything you dug up, this is actually publicly available information if you just dig? Correct. And honestly, I mean, I, if you did, have you never been to the border once, <laughs> I would think you were brilliant because <laughs> you dug all this out by just researching. I didn't even know it was possible. I did not know that was possible. And, but you have to know where to look and you, you have, have to, to, dig, to look dig and dig. Publicly available information. So back to your story here. So what is the, as they say, the therefore of what you just laid out is? So now you look at the caravans coming up. And we've been talking about this for over two years. Deb, I know I was on your, phone, uh, on your show a long time ago talking about this. So we've had photographs. So me and my team have been into the areas of the desert we call no man's land. It's satellite phones only. It's very dangerous, um, very hard, rough, rough terrain. We've got photographs, videos, and I have shared these for two years. I've actually even shared these with some congressmen, by the way, and sounded the alarm. Uh, I was asked to come speak at Governor Ducey's office last March where I was in a room full of a whole bunch of uh, congressmen out of the state of Arizona, senators, sheriffs, et cetera, talking about the threat um, and what's been building up and building up on our southern borders and why this isn't an immigration issue. This is a national and domestic security issue. Absolutely. And just based on that, by the way, even Texas, Article 1, Section 10, they can shut down the borders based on national security, and they're not. Couldn't agree more, but I'm going to go back to this plane you're describing, mm -hmm. all the data you pulled, which is astonishing that you pull all that together, but you're therefore of it is that this was assisting in the process of moving the caravans, and what, was, what, what is it you think was being done? So what a brilliant plan to embed those who death chant death to America, what a brilliant plan to bring in a militia group and to infiltrate into the United States of America. Um, we know for a fact that, and because I've been to these states, for example, outside of Alma, Michigan, there is an at-risk youth boys camp that the Biden administration purchased and displaced those young men. This was over two years ago. They had to rezone. There's a lot of things that go on, on with this. And so it is a fortified military camp. And when you pull up and you try to take photographs, you are met with heavily armed guards. Well, guess what's coming in and out of those particular locations? White buses full of single young adult males of fighting age, from all of these different countries. This is going on strategically all over the United States, by the way. And 
so you look at the caravans, and I want your listeners to hone in. When you start seeing these photographs, we have photographs of Chinese nationals, Russians, Ukrainians, Iran, uh, Syrians, Yemenis. They're all embedded, and they shave their beards. They can blend in, and they can look like they're from Central and South America. So it's a great cover-up and great plan. Okay, I want to do a recap on that because that was a mountain of information, and, and please jump in and correct me if it's incorrect. What you're describing, and you know, the, the caravans, even when they first began appearing, and they looked really like bedraggled, low-income people, and it looked like people who really were just coming to America for a better life, they just want the opportunity to raise their families in safety, blah, blah. But the massive way in which they organized, the sudden appearance almost out of nowhere, and then the pressure uh, uh, at the border to just to overrun the border, it was, I mean, we've talked on the show before about the, there's a very, very prominent international, let me name the entity, but socialist, uh, it's a globalist organization, social globalist, something, something that was feeding some of these caravans along the way, providing, you know, they were people who were, mm -hmm. they were being aided, abetted, food, uh, fed, sheltered, encouraged. It was not an organic, uh, you know, effort, let's get to a better life. It was orchestrated from the very beginning, the presence of these, of these caravans. What you're describing is the intentional placement of people who are clearly nefarious enemies of America, blended into the caravans that come over our border and, and are trying to over and do overrun the border sometimes and, and continue to, of people who are by of Iranian extract, uh, Iranian National Guard, or whatever their, their provenance was in, in Iran, as well as Russians, Chinese, that's accurate. So they're being embedded into these caravans flooding into America. Correct? 100%. Okay. So when, that's so funny. When, <laughs> 100%. Okay. But the next thing is, is can't you describe, I had not known until our call yesterday that in, uh, I don't know, it was Michigan, but a place where the Biden administration bought what was a, a you know, kind of a boys camp, should have been at some point a way to help mm -hmm. wayward young boys or whatever kids who just needed help, bought that. And now it appears to be being used to house many of these people who crossed the border Mm -hmm. and are not of, they're not poor farmers from Mexico looking for a better life. These are anti, these are people whose natural interests are anti-American, who, who are Iranian, Russian, Chinese. So what are you surmising is occurring at those plants, at that, those, at that place, like the one in Michigan? Well, um, I can give my opinion because without having the facts and being able to go behind those gates, it would be just an opinion. Yep. Uh, so I want to be very clear on that. But if you start connecting and looking at everything that they're doing, and by the way, the Biden administration and our own agencies are down in all strategically placed locations throughout this hike up here, all the way to the southern border, where they're helping and aiding and abetting. These people aren't walking up, by the way. They're right. getting on buses. They're being given food, money, shelter, phones, you name it. Um, our own administration, Biden actually, because of the pressure of Michael Yawn, who I think is a great guy, he, he was down in the Darien Gap. And we have camps down there where you're by the way, your tax, your tax dollars are funding all of this, the invasion of the United States. We are aiding and abetting all of this all along the way. So this is a masterful plan. How do you, how do you take down a country? You first and foremost, you open up the borders and you flood it and you, you try to destabilize it, both from an economic perspective, you overrun it, everything from the school systems to the ER systems, all of those things. And you're starting to see that. Um, and back in, not to get into this, but back in under um, the Obama administration, if you look at Somalia and what he did, you know, they always benchmark something. Uh, look at Minneapolis, Minnesota, when you had that influx of the Somalians. You have no-go zones, you have defund the police, you have um, anti-American candidates like Elon Omar, small businesses going out, the overrunning of the school systems, healthcare, all of that. And, but now imagine that on a mass, mass scale. So that's what they're doing. They're destabilizing America. The other thing is that they're opening up us to have what, a force because they know, the rest of the world knows, America is the last beacon of hope for the world. We're the voice for right. the voiceless. And we also, most of us, because we have the right to bear arms, we have legal guns and we carry them to protect not only our, our and defend ourselves, but our country. And so how do you combat that? Well, you have to have a replacement force. And I believe personally that that's what's getting ready to happen. A replacement force, define what you mean by that? A replacement force to to help come alongside what I believe and many other experts with the United Nations, the World Economic Forum, the, the member nations who want this one world type system, this one world type government. Um, America's standing in the way of that. 
Oh, America is, it is the, as I've said many times, the boulder in the road to what they want to do. But back to this replacement force, define, I mean, the people who've come here and they, they have no right to be here and we're aiding and abetting their arrival, but how does that relate? What do you mean by, I'm gonna hone in a replacement so force again. So when I say a replacement force, so we have our military, we have our law enforcement. Um, I think it would be very hard pressed to find our own military and our own law enforcement who are gonna turn on the American citizens. Okay, so, so their replacement for the military, which otherwise yes. wouldn't couldn't wouldn't necessarily go along. The compliancy with force. How about that? That might be a better yeah. word to yeah. make you compliant. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, honestly, if you had told for most of my life, if you had told me or really anyone I know the idea that you'd be worried that our own government is working against the interests of American the American people, you would have thought. You know, that, that would never happen here. We all love America. We know we're the best country on earth. We know we have these freedoms guaranteed in the Declaration, the Constitution. We know we're the best. Um, but yeah, we're watching because what you describe about what you just laid out regarding this map and, and bringing people here who are or not friendlies, uh, combined with many other things the Biden administration is doing, it is an intentional destabilization of America. It is, you know, whether the, the COVID, unjustified COVID tyranny and relentless COVID tyranny, it is the, uh, we have shows talking about what's happening with money in this country and the central bank digital currency and the pretty soon you don't have any privacy anymore. You don't have control of your money. I, I mean, it is a watching America collapse before our eyes feeling. Is that too strong? No, it's, a, it's accurate. Um, yeah. You have, so every year we, our own, um, our National Intelligence Agency, and this is from the, by the way, this isn't my words, and you can research this yourself, from the, from the Office of the Intelligence Community, they do a threat assessment every single year. Uh, 2023's report came out, and um, they're laying out the number one threat to the United States of America from, and by the way, lethal threat to the United States of America. And of course, you've got your typical players. You've got China, Russia, uh, North Korea, Iran. But what's interesting is on that list is the TCOs the cartels. That was really interesting as well to me. And so I would, I would ask any good lawyer out there who loves the Constitution, who's a constitutional attorney, if you have our own federal agencies sounding the alarm that basically saying open borders, cartels, because they have complete operational control of our borders, they have a map. I, I sent you a map. I'd love to show you if you have the map of the stronghold that the cartels have in the United States. And by the way, this map's two years old because our federal agencies aren't producing Okay, is this what you're map. talking about? Yes. Um, okay. Can you can put you... that one over here? Yeah, he will. So I want you to look at this. This is the drug cartel strongholds. And I promise you this map, this map is um, over two years old. It's 29th fiscal year, 2019. This was under, this isn't even started under the Biden administration. Every single dot that you see is a stronghold that cartels have com operational control in those cities. Okay, so I'm, we're here in the great state of Texas. We're in Dallas. You've got several. What are the single? So oh, those are which cartel yeah. it is? Yeah, I broke okay. it down. So that's talking about three or maybe it's even four different cartels, operational control over some area of Dallas. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, they have. This is where they have operations where they are currently doing business day in and day out, 24 hours a day, in these strongholds. And I would venture to say that this map would be completely covered because this is 2019. So if our own federal agency and, our, and the threat assessment to the United States of America is one of those threats are the TCOs, transcriminal organizations, cartels. Then why is this still true? Why <laughs> is our borders open? Why is this administration allowing the borders to continue to be open? Because yeah. it's purposeful. Uh, no justification at all, except because, they, I mean, no good justification. Okay, you know, this always happens. We get close to running out of time. Um, I do want to... Uh, there are many things we wanted to talk about, but we're not going to get to it, I guess. You did make reference, I'll make sure I get this point out, that the people crossing the border right now, you talked, I think I had down 83% of fighting age men. Yes. Those aren't my numbers, by the way. Those are Border Patrol numbers. So everything I'm, I'm laying out, you can find this information out, and then it's up to you to do your own due diligence. Yeah, connect some dots, yeah. Okay, and I don't even really want to waste time. I mean, I, I'm agreeing with you on the subject of Texas. 
the border states, especially Texas, could do a better job if they chose to. They could decide to enforce. They simply won't. And you know, they can give you all sorts of reasons. I know Governor Abbott will say, oh, yeah, I, I made a declaration. And, and he knows the way he chose to make it. It, mm -hmm. it doesn't, it's, it's inconsequential. It's, it's just talking. It's just getting headlines. And, and they're not willing to do what it takes to actually declare an invasion. And, and he won't do it. But I do want to turn to you. You mentioned uh, earlier, and I don't even know where this is going to go, uh, but you mentioned you were called uh, to in, speak directly uh, with the UN, with the Secretary General of the UN. This is relatively recent, I assume. This yeah, it was. It was, it was recent. So um, I got an invitation, um, one of several different individuals who got an invitation around the country and the world to go and talk and speak at the United Nations. I thought that was a really interesting invite that I got, though. And I did talk to the head of my security because... Um, you know, there's a lot of reasons why people would want to call me out and, and bring me someplace. So we decided it would be in my best interest to go. And I, like I said, I prayed before I do anything and God wanted me to go. And so in that meeting, the language that they're drafting um, under disguise and everything comes in these beautiful little package and bows. And it sounds really great to protect your rights, to protect um, your freedoms. In reality, all of these is to undermine all of that. Um, in I'm sorry, that, all this stuff coming out of the world, out of, yeah. Out of the UN. So there's a 20, there's a zero, it's called the zero, the zero doc. There's a 2023 agenda. They're going to be voting on it um, in stages. June um, is coming up. They've already had one, it's already passed like several different layers. And so this is, this was specifically on counterterrorism and human rights. And underneath the counterterrorism, what was interesting with the language that they're starting to draft on a, on a large worldwide scale, because you got to understand the World Economic Forum, the UN, and all of these, these are global, global societies. They, they oversee all of, all of the country members, states. And the language was, if they deem you that you're putting out disinformation, what they think is disinformation, it could be truth, but if it doesn't it's go It's a ministry of them, truth mindset, yeah. It's a ministry of truth mindset. Um, specifically, right-wing conspiracists was mentioned. This is all going in language. Um, that was targeted towards your MAGA. MAGA groups were int um, uh, introduced in that meeting. So they're painting this if you're transphobic. So they're starting to craft very serious, dangerous language that if you go against what their ideologies or what they deem is what they want us to do, then you can be and will be and possibly could be arrested in the United Nations, the Blue Hats, can come in. And they're saying the same thing with the WHO. They're crafting this language in the WHO treaties as well with the health organization. Right, By the bad. way, you need to put a lot of pressure on because June, they're looking at giving WHO the authority to be able to um, come in. And if there's a pandemic or any kind of pandemic, and that pandemic could be a riot. People don't understand this. They think of a health emergency. Like the virus, no, yeah. they're putting it as a uh, riot, any kind of unrest, civil unrest, all of that will fall underneath the WHO. Then the United Nations could act and then they could come in and arrest you. Okay. So back to meeting with the UN very quickly because I want, I have to let these people, I always tell them that they can ask questions oh, yeah. and then I talk the whole time so they don't get to, but, but I do want to allow if you'd like to do that, but we're almost ready. But on the, so you were called to talk to the secretary general I mean, was the reason for him to understand, to your perception, for him to understand what you've uncovered? Or was he, mm -mm. Was, was it threatening to you? Like, No, it was, it was more about getting a lot of information and data from different uh, thought processes, ideologies, different groups there, and then to listen, right? And to understand what they're getting ready to, to propose. So and what, why is he put talking to you? Why does he care what you, you think? That input. I don't know. I, I believe it was a God thing. Honestly, I, you know, I, I, I thought about that and I just got invited to, um, on a virtual call for Vienna and I was on that just two weeks ago. They were meeting in Vienna and that was on, by the way, cyber, cyber, um, cyber terrorism and how that's going to impact our human rights as well. And that's another scary, that's for another conversation. We can go and delve into what they're drafting there. But who's um, drafting? Who's the one in Vienna? What that group is? It's the United Nations. It's, it's United all, Nations yeah, yeah. in Vienna. And back yeah. to, I mean, I'm, I don't mean to keep repeating the same question, except they called you. Was it trying to gather your information? I, I don't, I don't know why. I don't know the why they had me there. I know the why that God had me there. Yeah, I understand that. I just find it odd because they... Anyway, I, I mean, I'm grateful that you got whatever input you gave. I'm sure it was fabulous. But there's a, uh, 
I, I mean, they're working against your interests. They don't want to have mm -mm. all of this nefarious activity uncovered. They don't want people to begin to recognize the impending loss of freedom. But anyway, okay, so, well, so you I really- I will say there was a couple other groups. There was a, some really good groups there from civil society and they were giving incredible arguments to um, for the human rights aspect of why some of this language needs to be stricken. Um, I don't think it, I think it fell on deaf ears, quite frankly, you could tell by the posturing, um, not to get into the, but for example, um, you know, there's been this young woman who was rescued out of Afghanistan. She was an incredible young journalist speaking out against human rights. And after the meeting, uh, one of the individuals that I was with walked up to go talk to them because where else would you want to have protection for human rights? And that's the United Nations. And they just shrugged their shoulders like, yeah, that's not our, our problem. So the United Nations does not care about true human rights. They're, they're there for one reason and one reason only. Which is to develop and support the ultimate one world government Correct. and skin of socialists. And this is what, back to your point earlier, why America is the boulder in the road to all of these left-wing agendas. Because America, at least as it was intended, is supposed to be 100% sovereign, and intolerant of the idea of attacks on freedom, freedom of speech. It is, it is to, supposed to support all of what America is meant to be, which leads me to my last question. I scroll to go to your questions, but here's my last thing. So all we are describing, you, you've gone covered mountains of data and presented it. Members of Congress, both parties, mm -hmm. members on the House, the Senate side, many other people in federal agencies at least know bits and pieces at least know portions and maybe some of them know a lot of it and yet you don't hear voices out of washington i mean i am thrilled with every house committee that's come up to look into house oversight and all sorts of things and the house committee on china and the house committee on weaponization i love all those committees where is the committee or the fervor out of washington saying we're the pro-america save america from all of the globalism and 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 you know growing socialism committee. It's more of a committee. It's like the American people need to push Congress to make that a top priority. I mean, do you sense in your time, and because I tell you, I have a lot of interaction with people in Washington. I don't hear people concerned. Do you? No, and I worked in D.C. for over 18 years. And so the only thing I can tell the American people is this. There's no one coming to save you. You're the answer. You're the answer. There's no White House. There's no, there's no secret army. There's no secret military. I've heard it all. The Founding Fathers knew it best. This is a government for the people, by the people. Whether or not you choose to take that serious or not and do something and actually act, people are, are I, I can tell you right now, stop waiting for other people. Your elected officials, have they done anything in 50 years that you know of? No, it, why? Because it's a system that is broken and corrupt. Everybody has something on somebody in Washington, D.C. They will only speak out as much as they're allowed to speak out. These committees and these hearings that you see, it's all posturing. It's political posturing because they think, oh, you know, we're going to appease the American people. They will perceive we're doing something when in reality we're doing nothing. And because if they were really doing something, we would have tribunals. We would have grand juries. indicted for crying people out loud. People would be in jail right yeah. now. And so, America, you're the answer. Get your constitution out. Understand what it is. It's a government for the people, by the people. You need to make sure that they're held accountable. And when they don't do what they're supposed to be doing, the government, our, our founding fathers knew it. They put in a, a, a piece in there that says, if that government no longer serves the natural law nor the constitution in, in America, you are to replace that government with a righteous government. It's really that simple. All right, then. Now you have, we have six minutes for questions. Please keep your questions short. Um, and we'd love to have you. Yeah, and thank you so much. Stand up, if you would, right where Serena is. Or you can go first. You, you Good evening. Okay. Hi. Well, first of all, I think you have more confidence in the fact that these uh, camps being put around are actually replacements for our military or our law enforcement, particularly in light of January 6th. I feel like they're more of a supplement to it. Um, and then I'm just dying to know who owns the residence that the tunnel is coming up through their living room. And lastly, um, any comment on the NGO that Obama and Clinton and Bush just announced that they are uh, working with to fly in immigrants into America? So anyway, there you go. So. 
When I say replacement army, so we're, we're going to have individuals who are in the military law enforcement who are not going to do that. So they have to have a, a massive amount of individuals to come up against that, right? You have to have troops, you have to have boots on the ground, and so you can be the fighting force to come up against what you're getting ready to hit. So there, when I say there's more of a supplemental type um, in addition to um, what the, we already have with United Nations and other things like that. Uh, the other question, the NGOs, um, NGOs for the most part are all part of the human trafficking ring. By the way, we're funding that as well through grant money. Grant money is taxpayer-funded dollars. I can tell you Catholic Charities, Bethany Christian Services, Methodists, all of them have embedded cartel members, um, traffickers who work for their organizations. I have the film footage. We have it. And they facilitate the most horrific atrocities. These children disappear in our own uh, uh, child protective services. And so I'm not a fan of the Clintons, the Bushes, or any of them. And uh, one of, here in Texas alone, down at McAllen, Texas, there was a little place called a Butterfly Museum. Uh, you can search it. My organization was instrumental of shutting that down. It was connected to one of the Bush family. Uh, we have a lot of individuals within our own federal government who unfortunately, I think, are caught up in some things that aren't so savory. And what was the other? So that's, those buildings are owned by the cartel. So what we do is we, we work with a lot of, um, with my security company, their next level, we have a cyber division. So we do forensic auditing, forensic, we peel back, I hate this name, but we, we, you have to follow the money and you have to have very sophisticated equipment to be able to do that. So we start targeting and we can peel back uh, a corporation. Well, who owns that corporation? Well, you can dig a little deeper and you find another layer and another layer and another layer. And so a lot of these, unfortunately, these politicians and others um, are funded and paid for and bought by some not so great organizations. And on that note, we have one more question. Please go ahead. Could you please briefly just talk to uh, us about what you were talking with Co um, Comey's cousin on what you're trying to get information on, on all the gun shooting that's happening at the schools. I, I watched a clip on it and to me it's like if you could point that out because we're in legislative session now. Thank you. So I was doing a Saturday Storm series and I had uh, James Comey's uh, cousin on and she's an incredible, incredible woman. She's been doing a lot of, uh, she's an expert on school shootings and she started looking at Sandy Hook and some others and was looking at this pattern because there's a pattern and they want to make you believe that guns kill people when in reality that's not true at all. People, guns can't actually pick up a, another gun and shoot somebody. We have a mental issue in this country, and I can't get into it on this show because we don't have much time because you can go all the way back to a lot of experiments with the CIA. But what we want to know is let's start finding who is treating who is treating these shooters. What medications were they on? What hospital nearby were they affiliated with or being treated? Was there experiments going on at these hospitals? So there's a lot of things that we can start peeling back and looking into with these school shootings, because I believe a lot of this also, um, unfortunately, it's a heart issue, but it also can be a little bit more nefarious than that as well. You're right. We, we needed three hours. <laughs> no, I, I, I want to make sure people know how to find you and how to support you. So tell people if they would like to support your work, where to go. Please go to WFFA.win or you can search Women Fighting for America. We do need your support. What we do, the work that we do is really serious work. And the more support we have, the more partners we have, the more we can make an impact. And we are not afraid to name names. We are not afraid to come out and, and do what needs to be done. It's not um, an accident that I travel with 24-hour security um, because I have threats against my life, but that's okay. I'm willing to take a bullet for my nation because America, we are the last hope. That's it. When we leave and this country falls, there's no place for us to run or hide. And if you don't protect her, nobody else will. So for radio listeners, you can, you can text the word FIGHT to 91776 or everyone listening however you're listening you can listen to this interview it was so information packed you can go back later to our website americacanwetalk.org americacanwetalk.org this interview will be up by tomorrow you can listen slow it down take notes share it with other people because the information you're hearing today is very hard to get 
uh, out to the world. I mean, Christy Hutcherson and Women Fighting for America, they do tremendous work. They do not get, surprisingly, mainstream media never asks her what she thinks about anything. And so you have to find truth uh, on, on shows like this, on America Community Talk, other shows, we're willing to have people tell the real story, the real truth. And America needs to understand the kind of information that she's uncovered, what the real condition is of the border, uh, and, and honestly, the threats to America that, are, that should be coming and should be coming as warnings from our own government, but they're not. That you you don't find it, and you don't find the media. So you find it when you dig. And for what Christy Hutcherson does in digging out truth uh, is simply astonishing. So. Christy, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you. Thank for you so much for having me. Great to have you. Just great to have you here. And thank you to everyone uh, to listening to America Can We Talk. Again, I urge everyone to go to AmericaCanWeTalk.org. Many ways you'll find out to support this show at our website. Uh, you can support the show, get our newsletter, uh, and all sorts of other ways to get connected. And you can also listen to past interviews, especially our Thursday shows, our in-depth substantive interviews of wonderful experts um, who bring us information you just don't find anywhere else. So I thank you and everyone listening to America Can We Talk. I do this show to speak truth about America because America matters. And I will talk to you next time. Can we talk truth about America? Can you hear?